We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of BearReport.com here today in our Week 11 Disappointing Podcast with Aaron Lemming, the Bears Insider. How are you feeling today? Well, uh, season's over. Um, but on the bright side, I guess uh, John Fox pretty well sealed his fate yesterday. So for everybody, including myself, that wanted the coaching change or were somewhat worried about if the Bears were going to make the right decision, I don't think they're really going to have much of a decision to make. No, I think you're right. I think and, and pretty much everybody uh, in the know and all the stories that came out today um, from the guys who cover the team, uh, you know, we're all pretty much in agreement in the fact that uh, you lose a game like that and, you know, that's just, you know, the, the kind of the icing on the cake there. And, you know, you had a five, you were, somehow the Bears were five-point uh, favorites in that game. I'm not sure how that exactly happened. But, you, you know, you were five-point favorites at home. No Aaron Rodgers. Brett Hundley was playing horribly. He hadn't thrown a touchdown in two uh, weeks. Uh, you know, your defense was red hot, and you, you, you came out and you never led in the game. I mean, the Packers just took it to them the entire way. The Bears could never catch up. Uh, you know, the Packers, I think, had uh, four sacks in their previous five games uh, total coming into that game, and they had five sacks of Mitch Trubisky for, you know, for a number of different reasons, which we'll get into. But, I mean, the Packers... It, 
on paper, I mean, we talked about it in, in the in the podcast last week. On paper, this looked like a game that, that the Bears should easily come away with, and and it would just it doesn't matter it don't it doesn't matter who's out there. They could they the Packers can put anybody under center. It seems like, and the Bears can find a way to lose. And it was it was another game. I mean, they were penalized eight times. I think the Packers uh, declined four penalties, so they got twelve penalties called on them throughout the game. I mean, they looked undisciplined, unprepared, and for the third time in three years, the Bears come out of a bye week and just lay an egg. I mean, we we both predicted them to win. So uh, you you mentioned last week, though, that, you know, Fox does come out of bye weeks, you know, pretty weak. Are you surprised at all? I, you know, I shouldn't be, but I am. And I think I'm surprised because it felt like the Bears were finally starting to turn things around. And it seemed like things were finally starting to go in their favor. And this was going to be kind of one of those seasons where they could finish seven and nine and eight and eight. And, you know, things would look good going in the next season. Now, I still think that the Bears, I, I don't think this loss changed anything in their future. I don't think this is going to be a loss that. You know, you're going to look back a year from now and be like, oh, man, this is the turning point, and they just went back downhill. I don't think it's anything to do with that because ultimately their success is going to come from a solid offseason from Ryan Pace, you know, addressing all the holes that they have. And most importantly, they've got to get a new coaching staff, man. It's funny because I've got a lot of Green Bay people that I follow between the writers and different things, and they, they retweet a lot of, you know, what people say. And it's so funny to see all these people calling from Mike McCarthy's head and, you know, oh, he's not that good of a coach. And, you know, Bears fans saying the same thing. Yeah, he's so overrated. And it's like, dude, we we saw <laughs> just a prime example. OK, so Mike McCarthy comes out with a team that has absolutely been struggling. They've lost three games in a row. Uh, they're coming off a short week. The whole entire team seems deflated. Nothing's going right for them. And somehow, just somehow. They come out and they outplay the Bears for the entire game. And the Bears are coming off a bye week in which they've had, what, 14 days to prepare. Uh, you know, they've done whatever they're going to do. They did all this other stuff. You know, they're getting some guys back uh, from from injuries. And, they, you know, they finally got a receiving core. And the only guy they're missing on defense is Danny Trevathan. And they come out and they look like complete crap. I mean, you, you mentioned eight penalties. I think, what, all but two of those were on the, on the offensive side of the ball. There was multiple false starts. There was... Bad holding penalties. I mean, there was all sorts of stuff. You get a delay of game on a field goal or on an extra point attempt. I mean, how does this stuff happen, man? And it's the same thing over and over and over and over. And it's like, it, I mean, there's just multiple things that you can point out through through the, the John Fox era as a whole. But this loss and I think the San Francisco loss have just really just been the, the, the I, I guess you could say, the icing on the cake in terms of just how – how bad of a coach John Fox is. And then, I mean, we, we hadn't even got to the challenge yet. I got to get your take on that because at least in live time when I'm watching it on TV, my original reaction is when I watched it in live time and then watched the first replay before they threw the flag, I said, he's out of bounds. Like, there's no point in even challenging it. And then you look at it again, and it was obviously fumble the ball. I got to get your take because I, I think you were at Soldier, Soldier Field for that game. So oh, yeah. maybe you yeah. can give me a better aspect of what you saw well i, I mean in the bots in the press box my initial reaction i didn't think he was out of bounds i actually thought he had scored a touchdown and i actually sit next to adam hogue from wgn and he and he initially pointed out he said oh i think the ball was loose and they showed one replay and i said no the ball's not loose and that was the replay from behind he goes no look at this other replay and that's when i saw the ball come out and that's when I he goes, I think that's going to be a touchback. And that was kind of when it hit me, like, oh, my goodness, this is this could actually go the opposite direction. Bears might actually lose possession of the football, might go from a touchdown. 
And that's exactly what happened. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I mean, John Fox seemed to think that it was a, a, some type of common occurrence in the NFL when he was asked about it in the press conference after the game. But I don't remember ever seeing a play where, where a touchdown, uh, you, you know, a, a team challenged a play because the ref said after the game that play was not re- would not have been reviewed because it was not called a touchdown on the field. So unless John Fox or Mike McCarthy threw a flag on that play then that play was not going to get reviewed from the booth and the Bears could have just drawn and lined up at first down and and at the two yard line now people who who bring up that point trying to underestimate underestimate Mike McCarthy there because I do think McCarthy would have figured it out and given a couple looks at that would it would have uh thrown the flag and eventually uh gotten the call that way either way I think w- one way or the other red flag was going to come out on that play and I think the 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 refs got it right uh, you know it, it is a fumble that is it's in the rule book uh just a really disappointing end to a play uh that was a third and 13 play if if, if, if you forget and that was a, a very uh, uh you know great effort by Benny Cunningham there uh he's got to hang on to the ball though and he even said after the game when we talked to him he said they're told you know unless it's a desperate situation and it's fourth down and you have to get in you don't put that ball out there and he put the ball out there and lost control and that cost the bears up potentially seven points in a game that they lost by seven so i I, you know that right there i mean a lot of mistakes a lot of things that we can discuss and, and things that went wrong in that contest but i mean that that play right there that that was something i had never really seen before it, it's that it seems like and we've talked about this before it seems like the bears find a different way to lose in every single game and and that was definitely the case last season and they're here again like every single week it's something new they they, they find a different some area of the game where they they can do something uh, to really just trying to shoot themselves in the foot and 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 lose the game on their own. I mean, most of the games that John Fox has lost throughout his era, you know, it's been a horrible uh, two plus years, two and a half years. But most of the games have been fairly close, and they just find ways to lose where the good teams find ways to win. And I think that says a couple of things. I says it. I think it says something about. Uh, the talent that is out there, that they're able to keep pace with some of these good teams. I mean, they played some of the best teams in the league very strong. And really only a couple of the games uh, this year, really only the Buccaneers game, where they really out of, out of blown out of the water. So, I mean, they have enough talent on this team to compete, but they don't have a coaching staff that can put them over the top, can help carry them over the top. And I want to bring up, the uh, you know, for the uh, uh, fans who are, are down on this team and and I think you're right I think it's just it's it's just a matter of time the McCaskies I mean George McCaskey was asked about it he said that they the Bears don't fire coaches mid-season so no matter what happens John Fox and that coaching staff isn't going anywhere but I believe it's in seven games the day after the season ends John Fox will be fired now I want to bring in that scenario I'm going to bring take us back to 2016 where the Los Angeles Rams and I think you brought this the brought this up last week did you not in the podcast uh possibly i think we both made the comparisons to sure. it before, but so. i think I, I think it's 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 an eerily similar situation now the the uh, rams gm Les Snead, he decided to get rid of that coaching staff uh the offensive coordinator and jeff fisher mid-season and uh you know that's obviously not going to happen but i think eventually it will happen and i think you're looking at a, a situation where you had jeff fisher 
was a, a a head coach, a, a seasoned veteran head coach whose whose best years were way behind him. You had an offensive coordinator who was uh, in uh, who, uh, who's in way over his head. You had a defense on the rise. You had a workhorse running back in Todd Gurley. You had all the pieces there, but you just didn't have a coaching staff that understood how to put them all together. Now this year they're seven and two. They they went from the, uh, uh, dead last in points and total yards last year to the number one scoring team in the NFL this year because they had the pieces in place because they found a coaching staff that could develop the number one. Uh, you know the top overall drafted quarterback in the class, which is what the Bears have. Just just a year later, so the 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 the, the, the similarities here are very. Uh, there's a, there's just a ton of them, and I, I you know I think that this this young foundation on defense. We've seen what the, you know that the the Rams were able to do on defense and how they built up that side of the ball, and now that the offense is trying to. Uh, caught up to them. They're a seven and two football team who looks unstoppable right now. I really think that the Bears have shown me that there's enough talent on this team. Ryan Pace has put together enough talent with another dra- draft and uh, another uh, free agent period. If you get the right coaching staff in here, this can be a quick turnaround. Or, uh, do you have as much faith in this as me? Oh, 100% agree. And that, that was actually something I was going to highlight, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because. I think that's where we're at right now is this season's lost uh, in terms of, you know, they're not going to the playoffs, blah, blah. I mean, they've got a coaching staff that's going to be out in seven games. But like Jeremy said, there's 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 so much there's just there's so much talent on this roster that is being overlooked right now. And I think we're finally starting to get to see some of it with the defense. But I think even looking at the offense right now, I mean, I I know a lot of people want to be hard on Trubisky right now. And I understand, you know, you've got to be level headed when you're evaluating a quarterback. But there's so many different scenarios that go into this. And quite frankly, and I'll just go ahead and say, I don't think Trubisky had a great game by any means. I think he he had a he had a stretch of, I'd say, probably about halfway through the second quarter or most of the third where he didn't look overly good. But I think overall, I think this is probably one of the best games that he's had so far in his five games. I think that, you know, the numbers suggested so, but I also think his play, uh, you know, for the most part, suggested so as well. I mean, we, we can get into that a little bit later on. But my whole entire point out of that and how I'm trying to tie this in is the fact that you had a guy in Carson Wentz last year who had a really good first like four, five, six games, and then he kind of struggled. He hit a rookie wall. Uh, Philadelphia went from being, I think they were like four and one or something like that at one point, and they just kind of fell off the face of the planet. And then you look at a guy like Jared Goff, who really just he came in halfway through the year last year, struggled, looked completely lost, didn't look remotely close to the same quarterback. Everybody deemed him a bust. Everybody thought Carson Wentz was kind of this guy that was going to be a middling quarterback and maybe you know maybe they he was overdrafted and he wasn't going to be that good and then everybody looked at Dak Prescott and they said this guy is you know he was you know potential MVP of the league last year and they looked at him and it's kind of the same thing as Deshaun Watson and you you look at what's happened this year and you look at what Carson Wentz is playing on the top five level there's really no way around it uh, Jared Goff is playing at a top 10 level I think I think Dak Prescott is in there but I think we're also seeing that Dak Prescott had the best situation out of those quarterbacks uh, in their rookie year, and I think Deshaun Watson has definitely had that as well. So I guess my whole entire point here is, as Jeremy has pointed out, especially when you look at the Rams, you look at the Rams and they had a good defense last year, but their defense was just basically almost kind of like the Bears' defense this year where they're being relied on so much because their offense is so awful. There's no rhythm of the offense. 
Uh, Todd Gurley had an awful year last year behind a bad offensive line. Everything was so predictable. They had no receivers outside of Kenny Britt. Uh, I mean, just everything about their offense was bad, and Jared Goff looked bad because of it. What I will tell you is watching Trubisky for the, through the first five games this year and watching every single game that Jared Goff had last year, I think Trubisky looks substantially better at 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 five games through five games at and at any point that Jared Goff looked last year at all. So the biggest key here is getting the right coaching staff in here and making the right moves during free agency and and you know then draft. And I think you look at it, I think they need two receivers. I think they need a top end uh, a top end free agent. I think they need a you know a top end draft pick. And I think obviously you're going to get Cameron Meredith back. Uh, I think between either oh, and, Kendall and Wright, your guy Kevin White will be in the last year of his rookie oh, contract too. So thank God for that one. You know. <laughs> Well, and then you got either Kendall Wright or Dontrell Inman. You know, either one of those guys, you re-sign them. I mean, they're, they're going to be a lot better off. I think they need to make some moves on the offensive line. I mean, Josh Sitton, uh, I think he's getting a little on the oldest side. I think they can jumble things around. But I guess my whole entire point is the Rams added some receivers. They got new coaching. Uh, they 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 bolstered up their line a little bit. They made some moves there, and all of a sudden, you're looking at a team that everybody thought was just going to be a three and thirteen, four and twelve team. And they hired a coach, a head coach that really nobody knew who he was. They just knew he was the young guy, you know, the young offensive coordinator. And th- there was not really that much talk about a guy like Sean McVay. And then all of a sudden, I mean, they're 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 one of the best teams in the league right now. And the same thing for the Eagles. So I, I just. I, I understand, and I'm the same way because it's just like, man, another year of of lost. Uh, you know, basically they're they're not going to make the playoffs, and they're probably going to be a five or six, maybe seven win team. But the thing is, is the future is bright, and I, it, it all really starts with John Fox being fired, and I think that's going to happen. Uh, but the, the future's still bright. I mean, that's really all there is to it. I I'm very optimistic. I think the NFC is deep, but I think the Bears are not very far away. I think a lot of their issue right now is coaching. I really do. I mean, obviously they're missing some receivers, but I think a lot of their issue is coaching. Well, I I thought Inman really looked good yesterday, or uh, uh, yeah, yesterday, and I, I thought Trey McBride looked good uh, three weeks ago. What happened to Trey McBride? Why was Josh Bellamy given so many reps? And I think those are the types of questions. I mean, you question the the, the red flag he threw and the decision he the, he made with the challenge, which cost him so much. But you know, you wonder about the personnel decisions that were made on the offensive side of the football. And Trey McBride has a hundred, almost a hundred yards. In the in the game uh, right before the bye, and he he I think he caught was he even targeted in the game or did he even yeah he had one target no catches in the game and I don't I don't even think he saw the field until uh, the the third quarter why I mean I know Josh Josh Bellamy caught that forty six yard catch but that was it I mean he didn't he had one other catch for thirteen yards and he was targeted seven times and only caught two passes and had a couple of drops as he always does. Why are you relying on a guy who has shown that you cannot rely on? I mean, it's unbelievable that he was out there for so long, especially after Trey McBride had had such a good game. But I think McBride, I think Inman looked very good. Inman looked like a number one wide receiver out there and, and looked like Trubisky had some uh, trust and a little bit of chemistry already with him. So I think if you add a, a, a legitimate number one wide receiver, a legitimate number two there, uh, you know, maybe get a guy early in the draft. I don't know, but yeah, like you said, get a couple more bodies there. Give uh, Trubisky some some guys to throw to. There's definitely some potential down the line. But let, let's talk about Trubisky because people, yeah, there are a lot of people who think he did have a bad game. And I think, like you said, there were there was a stretch where it, it looked pretty bad, and, and he wasn't able to do much. He was uh, 
you know, missing open receivers. But I, 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 it was it was a tough day for throwing out there. I mean, even Brett Hundley only threw for 212 yards. It was a sloppy field. It was a wet field. It was a tough day for throwing. But it makes it much more difficult when you're throwing in third and long. And I went back and looked at the numbers every single drive that didn't score that didn't end in a touchdown. So every drive outside of the one uh, that ended in the Josh Bellamy touchdown ended on a third, every, all but one ended on a third and 10 or more. Third and 14, third and 15, third and 12, third and 13, third and 16, third and 15, third and 18, third and 10, third and 10. That's how all of their drives, except for two, ended. How is that even possible? How are we still at this point where the offense is so predictable? I mean, Jordan Howard is now hovering around the Mendoza line for the season. He's at 4.0 yards per carry. He has one more bad game. He's into the into the threes. And when you're running in the threes, you're not being effective at all on the ground, no matter how good you are. And no matter how many rushing yards he may get just because of the volume of carries he's getting, he is not having the same type of consistent effect that he did last year. And that hurt them yesterday. What happened to Tariq Cohen? Tariq Cohen was called the play, best playmaker on the team just three weeks ago, and he has been completely ignored. And we we talked about this in the last podcast, but again, two total touches in the in the entire game yesterday. What happened to your best playmaker? I mean, he's just your punt returner now. Uh, these are the types of decisions you talked about, John Fox. But I think really those are personnel decisions that are made by Dow Loggins. And my God, is he in over his head? It is unbelievable. He doesn't know what to do with what he has. Trubisky completed 21 of 35 passes in that horrible environment for nearly 300 yards, 297 yards. Had that nice 46-yarder to uh, Bellamy for the touchdown. But, I mean, he had guys flying at him all day on third and long because the Packers were selling out for the run on first and second down and then just sending the kitchen sink on, on third down because they knew that no receiver was going to win outside and the, you know they weren't going to have the time to, to drop back seven steps and, and, and complete a pass. I mean, it was it was a, just a, a, a complete, uh, you know, just reoccurrence over and over. It was a broken record and we've seen it for the last few weeks and nothing seems to change and I we saw a lot of that out of the Rams last year and I think that if you get a you get a good staff there's enough talent here but I, I you know it's this is the, I mean this is the game you know before everybody would ask me what you know what's the problem is it the talent is it the coaching staff is it the injuries and I would say well you know it's a mix of all well injuries really haven't been a major factor I guess at the wide wide receiver position they have and but other than that, I mean, injuries aren't killing this team in the same way that they have the last couple of seasons. We can't blame this year on injuries. And with the way that this team has battled against some of the best teams in the NFL and they still can't win games, that is on the coaching staff. I'm, I'm 100% sold on the fact that it's the coaching staff. And I think that Dow Loggins has just proven that he needs to go back to being a quarterback's coach and John Fox needs to, to you know, Find a find a different job. I think the Bears need to go younger, find that next Sean McVay, and and get that staff in here that can take advantage of what the Bears have because they have the pieces there. Look at the foundational pieces that they have on defense. You know, Kyle Fuller looked bad in that game. I'll I'll admit it. We've talked a lot about how great Kyle Fuller has looked, but uh, he had a rough game. But overall, if you if you if you're willing to re-sign him, you have those two young safeties on the back end with Amos and Jackson. You have Trevathan, who uh, you know his presence. 
not you know him being out yesterday was felt in big time. I mean, the Packers ended up with a third string running back and still ran for 160 yards on the ground. So him being gone was huge. But you know they still have him under contract. He's still young. Hicks is on a long term deal. They still have Goldman. I mean, these are all young players. Leonard Floyd had half a sack yesterday. All young players that you can build this defense around, like the Rams have been able to do the last few years. Now all you need is a coaching staff on the offensive side of the football that can take advantage, add a few more pieces. And I think I think next year could be a totally different thing. But I think it just finally solidified in me yesterday that watching that uninspired, just lifeless performance from a team at home that you know was should have should have won by two touchdowns. That that to me that's on the coaching staff, and we've seen that just way too many times over the last three years. I think they're drawn, and I think it'll, I think the Bears will be better for it. Well, I mean, there's some going back and looking at some of the numbers from yesterday's game there i mean there's some damning numbers i mean it just it's let's just start off with the receiver snap count i mean let's just go with that out of 60 snaps Dontrell Lemon had 57 okay that makes sense uh kendall wright had 46 okay that makes sense but here's where things start getting squirrely so all of a sudden josh bellamy who had played like 16 snaps in the last like four or five games somehow had 40 snaps this game then he had a guy like Trey McBride who had a career game in New Orleans right before the bye week. He plays seven snaps. Marcus Wheaton all of a sudden says he's good to go, says he's healthy, practicing full, all that stuff. He has two snaps. You're paying Marcus Wheaton $5.25 million, which is a massive overpay to begin with, and he's sitting on the bench. And then when John Fox is asked about it, he just says, well, you know, when, he's, when he can practice full speed for a while, then we'll put him in. It's like, okay, well, why even have the guy active? But – that, that's that's one of my issues. The second issue is, and I can't remember who put this out, but I was reading on Twitter earlier where the Bears, I think it was PFF might have put this out, but the Bears rank second uh, in the NFL running on first down. That's fine. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars were first, and I think they'd ran the ball. I think it was like 60.7% of the time, and the Bears would run it like 60.3% of the time. So that's fine, but here here's the issue. On second down, the Bears, once again, sixth, uh, second in the league, and the, the number was still like 50 or 60% of them running the ball on second down. And the thing is, you know, for anybody who watched the broadcast yesterday, Chris Spielman was absolutely livid about – it was about the middle of the third quarter going into the early fourth quarter. And he's basically begging and pleading for Dow Loggins to stop following the same script that he always does. It's like, as Bears fans, we all see it. We see the run, run, pass. Every single drive, that's what they do. And Spielman's saying the same thing. He's like, dude, it doesn't, it doesn't, and you know, he, he said something like, my mom could could call the defense right now <laughs> because of this, the way this offense is running. And it's like, it's run, run, pass every single time. So if you got guys like that calling you out, you got the defense stacking eight or nine guys in the box at all time. I mean, almost every single first and second down play, they've got these guys stacked up. Unless they get in a really, really, you know, in a first down situation where they're losing four or five yards, then you've, you know, you you basically got these guys stacked up in a situation where they're saying, we're not going to respect the pass and we're going to stack the box until third down. And then we're going to rush seven guys and get you down. And that's, that's a big issue. And I think a lot of people are looking at it. Okay. Mitch Trubisky took some bad sacks yesterday. There's really no way around that. But here's the thing. How can you expect a guy to have any sort of success? And it's it's the exact same thing with Jared Goff last year. It's so predictable. Like you said, Dow Loggins is so in over his head. How can you expect a guy to have success when he's having the ball taken out of his hand all but one play of a drive? And they're usually three and outs. And it's just there's so many different things that are going on. You point out Tariq Cohen. Why is it that Tariq Cohen was actually effective? 
the first few weeks of the in, in, of the season, he was effective. He went through a little stretch where he had like the you know the Devin Hester thing where he wasn't moving forward, trying to do too much. He is one of your best offensive weapons. Dow Loggins has said he is one of their best offensive weapons, and yet every single week his snap count goes down on offense. It doesn't make any sense. He's got some of the best hands on the team. He's a reliable receiver. He knows how to run routes. It's like the, the, it just, none of this makes any sense. None of what the Bears are doing makes any sense. And the hard thing to swallow out of all of this is the fact that they lead the league, and it's by a wide margin of plays, offensive plays where they have lost yards. And, and, and that's the thing is they're putting themselves in these situations, like you pointed out, all but one time on third down, uh, you know, when they didn't score, they were in, you know, third and 10 plus situations. And we always see that. And the thing is, is I'm not going to sit here and blame Jordan Howard. I think Jordan Howard's completely fine, but it's really hard when, like I said, the defenses are stacking eight or nine guys in the box and basically saying, okay, go ahead and run it because we don't expect you to pass it. And it's like, you, he's not going to have success doing that. But I mean, this is, it's, it's, it's to a point right now where, I I blame John Fox to a certain extent because I think his I think the game plan obviously is for them to run the ball x amount. But like you said, dude, Dow Loggins Dow Loggins is a huge issue right now. And last year, he he didn't know how to run the ball. He didn't run the ball enough. I remember I don't know how many times we're on this podcast, how many times I was on Twitter saying why aren't they giving Jordan Howard the ball more than fifteen times a game. And then all of a sudden this year, they're in the, same, the, the exact opposite position where they're running the ball way too much. They're not being balanced. They're not doing anything correctly. It just it just doesn't make any sense. And it's it, it, my concern, though, is that I, I, I feel like it's starting to get to a point where Trubisky's getting gun shy in the pocket. He's not wanting to take chances. He's not wanting to make throws like he was in college, like he was going uh, you know in the end preseason and stuff like that. My concern is... This is where I think his development, I won't say is going to be permanently damaged, but I think this is where you start risking some sort of damage going into next year because he's going to develop bad habits because of stuff like this because he wants to take the ball down and take the sacks. He doesn't want to take any chances. I understand the fact that you don't want the guy going out making a ton of uh, mistakes, but at the same time, if you're going to let him throw the ball 20, 25 times a game, then he needs to be able to take chances and right now, the Bears are not doing a good job of using any sort of play-action fake. They're not doing – I mean, they're hardly doing – they're not running out of the shotgun. Everything is so predictable. I mean, they keep running these stupid fake reverses where they got Tariq Cohen or receiver. It's like – but they never hand the ball off to that guy. It's always going to Jordan Howard. I mean, there's just nothing to set up the pass. There's nothing to make teams fear them with the run game. There's nothing to make teams think that they're going to pass the ball when it looks like they're going to, you know, when it looks like they're going to run the ball. I mean, there's just, it's just very fundamental things. And Dow Loggins isn't doing any of that. And that is completely on him. 100%. I don't care if John Fox says you can only throw the ball 20 times a game, figure out how you're going to do it. Dow Loggins is still not setting anybody up for success. And it's just, it blows my mind. Well, I, I think you bring up a point about, you know, the long-term impact of what this season could have on Trubisky and I'm not as maybe as worried as you are and I don't know how worried you are long term but I think we're already starting to see a little bit of that you've already mentioned you know he's trying to get in the happy feet in the pocket looking to tuck the ball uh, you know kind of feeling rushers who aren't there and I've been a little bit surprised at how unelusive he's actually been I thought he'd be a little bit more He'd be able to elude the, the rush a little bit more, but it seems like he's just ready to tuck in and, and try not to get hurt 
uh, when you know the kitchen sink blitzes are coming in. But it's like, like you pointed out, it's impossible to, to to you know put a guy in situations to succeed when it's third and ten plus, uh, finishing out all but two drives in throughout an entire game. I mean, that's, that's in the few times when they did have a good pocket, he was able to make plays. In the few times when they were to use the play action, he was able to make plays. That that rollout to Adam Shaheen, that was a beautiful play. I mean, he, that's the type of stuff that they should have been doing all game. And I don't I, I don't remember seeing another rollout after that. They had a couple of those quick uh, play action and uh, flip, you know, two-step drops and fire it to the slant right to Inman hit him in right in stride and he picked up yards after the catch i mean when when the plays are designed well trubisky is able to execute but when uh you know when he's put in these horrible positions we're seeing him try to make things happen and you know that's resulting in him you know a lot of back foot throws a lot of off balance throws you know just trying to do whatever he has to do to get the ball out of there uh, you know it, that's not helping his his long, his short or long term development. But I I do think you know I've seen enough out of him, and I think it was a good game. Twenty one for thirty five in the in in that environment in those conditions, almost three hundred yards. Didn't turn the ball over. I mean that's a pretty good game for a rookie quarterback. Had some have some rough stretches, and you're right. I think probably three out of those five sacks were on him. Uh, and there was a play uh, late in the game where he had Bellamy wide open in the flat. He said he wasn't wide open, but uh, I, I'm, he was pretty open to me. And uh, he, he he decided not to throw the football on that third down play. So you know, you know, like you pointed out, those are rookie mistakes. You get him a a, 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 a coordinator who knows what he's doing. I think I, I think Trubisky it will be fine long term. I'm I'm not overly concerned about him. I just, you know, like you pointed out, just let's not take too many steps backward before we we start taking steps forward again. A couple other things about the game, and then uh, we'll we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get this rant fest over with. Um, one good thing, Connor Barth looked good, didn't he? Right? Yeah, that was kind of kind of nice to see. I, I still don't think yeah he's going to be due for a bad game within the next you know time or two. I think they're kind of waiting on Cairo Santos to get healthy at this point, but. That was cool. I mean, he was kind of the MVP of the yeah, game. Yeah, he he, he uh, was four, three for three on field goals. All three of them came from beyond uh, 40 yards. I think it was 45, 45, and 49. And uh, without him, their Bears don't even uh, uh, are, don't have a chance there at the end of the game. So uh, a very positive thing for Barth. And they, I, I, one more thing about Trubisky, I just wanted to point out, he's had a lot of opportunities uh, to. He's been put in a lot of opportunities to to uh, have game tying or game winning drives uh, over the last five weeks, and he's pretty much not come through. I, I think he maybe came through once technically on a game winning drive, but uh, it's it's been disappointing to see him not be able to come through a little bit more consistency. But I do think those situations are going to pay off long term. He's going to be able to look back on those, and he'll eventually start finishing a little bit better. These are very. I think these are very, very valuable, and I'm I'm not concerned that he's not delivering quite yet, just because of the situation. But I think these are very, very valuable situations to be in, because honestly, these games don't matter in terms of wins or losses. But if he can start, if they can keep games close, and he can let's just say win in one or two down the down the stretch like this, uh, in these type of situations, I think that's huge going into next year personally. Absolutely, I, I, that's what, that. That was the point I was getting at. I mean, like he's not he's not getting it done right now, and I know that's probably disappointing and frustrating for a lot of Bears fans. But like you said, these these are valuable situations that he's going to be able to to build upon. And when you know he has a good coaching staff and a, and a couple of good wide receivers to throw to, 
in the future when he's put in those situations. I think he's shown me enough from what I've seen of him up close and the development that we've seen out of him over the last few weeks uh, and what I expect will be more future development throughout the remainder of the season. I think those are going to those are going to turn into game-winning drives uh in you know as we go forward with Trubisky. He's not my concern. Uh, one concern I did have, and one thing that I noticed from the from the press box, was a lot of the confusion on defense uh, yesterday. Not only was Trevathan missed in the in the sense that he's a, he's the bear, one of the Bears' best defensive players, uh, but it, I don't think that Christian Jones is uh, meant to have that green dot on his helmet. And I think what, what the worst games that Christian Jones plays at inside linebacker is when he's forced to be. Uh, the guy calling all the plays. And I think we saw a lot of pre-snap confusion out of the defense yesterday. And, uh, you know, the Bears really, they folded a few times in in some crucial situations. Pernell McPhee, that inside pass rush that he had in that third down situation that opened up the entire right side of the field for Brett Hundley to run for uh, 16 yards, whatever it was, and pick up that first down. I mean, the play that the third down play to seal the game. I mean, Kyle Fuller's got to look back for the football. I mean, some fundamental mistakes of the football where the Bears defense had some chances uh, to, to to finish up on that game. But but I think tra- the loss of Trevath in there, you know, I, I think in a lot of those situations the Bears weren't really prepared, and I think the Bears, the Packers, were able to take advantage of those situations, and I think. Some of that falls on Christian Jones, and I just I think he's a lot better when he doesn't have that pressure on him. Just kind of a minor thing that I noticed yesterday, but you know it, it would really help to get a to get a, a seasoned veteran guy like uh, Trevathan back. I think his loss yesterday uh, was bigger than most people realize. I also want to bring up Leonard Floyd was facing a uh, backup right tackle for who was basically a guard that they had to move out to right tackle because of the Bulaga injury, and I re- he had a half a sack and, and a couple. QB hits, but I mean, we're talking about a, a, a former first round, top ten overall draft pick. I, I, I like what I see out of Floyd. I think there's some potential there, but when are we going to start seeing him dominate games? You know what I mean? Yeah, I man, it, it, it's tough because I mean, you were much higher on him going into this year than I was, just because you saw him up close. Uh, but I, I got to. I mean, I can't lie. I mean, I, I've I expected a lot more out of him, and I, I think there's there's moments where he puts it together, but I just don't. I'm not seeing the the flashes of dominance like I saw last year uh, when he when he had those flashes, and I, I just I really haven't seen that from him this year, and I don't know. I don't know if it's so much a consistency thing because I think as far as like a, a defensive end goes or you know outside linebacker in this scheme, I think he's playing completely fine. I think he's been a lot better against the run than I figured he'd be. He's been healthy, which is a plus. But in terms of pass rush, I just really haven't seen a lot from him, especially consistently this year. And it's, I mean, I'm not overly concerned just because I think he's going to be, I think even at worst, he's probably going to be you know an eight to ten sack a year kind of guy, which is good. But you want more out of that, especially when you know they traded up for him. He was, a, you know, the ninth overall pick. He's a top ten pick. I mean, at some point in time, he's gonna if he's gonna put it together, it's got to happen pretty quickly. But uh, I don't know. It, like I said, he's not overall. He's, I mean, he's still I would say above average. But in terms of you know, I was thinking he was gonna come out and have you know ten, twelve, thirteen sacks this year, and he's not even on pace to have ten. And I just. 
I think yesterday, and it was weird because the Bears did the same exact thing against Green Bay the first time where they go up against a banged-up offensive line and they somehow can't do much, especially their front their front three guys and the, you know, the outside linebackers hardly did anything. I mean, Sam Ocho and Leonard Floyd shared that sack, but other than that, if it was what, Cravon LeBlanc, uh, who was a Nick Kwiatkowski, and who was the other guy that had, they had, what, three or four sacks in the game? But, I mean, I think all but one of those came from, you know, non-pass rushing positions. Yeah, you, you want a little bit more out of, out of a guy like Leonard Floyd. I mean, like you mentioned, you trade up for him. He's the type of player uh, that you should be out there dominating games, and he's not having those Von Miller performances where late in the game, you know, he takes over and he, he gets those big stops for the defense. I mean, he just doesn't do that, and, and you you expect that a little bit more from the from out of him. I know he, he, they're still dropping back into coverage way too much, but uh, you know, when it, he he was given a lot of opportunities in that in those big uh, moments in the in that Packers game, and uh, rarely was he able to take advantage of it to get that half sack. But other than that, a uh, couple quarterback hits, and really, you know, didn't have the type of impact that you want out of that type of player. I think we want more consistency out of Leonard Floyd in order to to to, to rattle opposing quarterbacks. Akeem Hicks was a guy who showed up to play. Um, you know, he, he had a number of stops, but I mean, other than that, I mean, the, the defense really, uh, and Adrian Amos had another solid game, but the defense in general uh, kind of had a mediocre outing and, and you know, that that also helped lead to the loss. So, uh, you know, if you, if you get a, a, a monster game from Leonard Floyd, the Bears might have an opportunity to, to may possibly force a turnover and win that football game, you know, another game where they can't get a turnover. Uh, you know, it's so many of these games are right on the cusp, and if these guys can just kind of take the next step, figure out how to win games. I think, I think they're there. I think they're on the cusp. I think they're going to be there. But I mean, these are frustrating times. I mean, and I think it's more frustrating because you you have higher expectations because you know what they have in terms of talent. But you know, at some point they got to get over this <laughs> big brother syndrome with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, what is it going to take to to get some consistent victories? I mean, now the, the Packers are just going to stay for for so many years for their entire uh for the since you know back going back to the the 1920s and whatever the, the the they started the rivalry. I mean, the Bears always led in that that uh all-time rivalry until uh this season and now the Packers are just going to start running away. I mean, when 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 are they going to stop playing little brother to the Packers? Well, I think it starts with two things. One, a new quarterback, which I think they have in Trubisky. And two, a real coach. And I, I think that's just something, man, I was, I was thinking about the other day. Well, it was yesterday, and it actually just kind of irritated me. You know, everybody thought that the Bears were kind of going to take that next step, you know, when, when they got rid of Lovey Smith. Like, okay, you know, they, they had a 10-6 team. All they needed is an offense. They bring in an offensive-minded guy and Mark Trestman, and all of a sudden, everything has just gone downhill. It has been a complete nightmare since Lovey Smith left. And I'm not saying Lovey Smith's last few years were, you know, overly good, but I mean, you're talking about a team that was 10 and 6, and basically one Vikings loss away from them making the playoffs to where they are now. And with John Fox, I mean, it's, I mean, John Fox is 1 and 5 against the Packers. Uh, I think he's, I was reading something crazy. I think he's like, he's only, he only has like three or four wins in the division the whole entire time that he's been the coach for two and a half years. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, there, there's definitely a culture issue here. I think a lot of it is the fact that they had, if they, if, if they weren't facing uh, Aaron Rodgers before that, they're facing Brett Favre. I mean, the, the Packers have had really good luck the last, 
two quarterbacks of a go round. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with this. So I think really the only way to be able to combat that is with a good defense, which they've had and they've still lost. And I think the next step is getting that quarterback. And and just to be clear, just with some of the stuff we're talking about with Trubisky, I still think Trubisky is going to be a very good quarterback. I still think he's going to take a huge step next year. I think it's a little hard this year um, to expect much more out of him than what we've been seeing. I think he's going to be very good. And I think he's going to be the Bears the franchise quarterback for a long time. Uh, but it's just, tough living in the moment and seeing what we're seeing right now to be able to kind of put all that together. Yeah. And I, I feel that from, from a lot of bears fans. And I know that I, and the reason I, I keep bring coming back to it is that I feel that they, the near future is going to be a lot better. I mean, I'm not talking about this season. This is going to be the seventh year in a row where they haven't made the playoffs. And I, I think bears fans deserve so much better than that. And I do think they are on the right track. I just don't think that John Fox and this staff, especially Dow Loggins, they're not the, the, the guys to take them to that next level. Unfortunately, we've been told that Vic Fangio uh, <clears throat> will not be here uh, no matter what in the last year of his contract, uh, unless they give him that head coaching job. But I, I think that even that's doubtful. So uh, it looks like they're going to have to clean the slate, find that next Sean McVay, and just get a co- competent coaching staff in here to take advantage of the talent that's here. But, I, 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 I mean, I've seen enough of this team. I've seen them compete enough to, to think and believe uh, that they are, you know, better days are ahead. they got a lot of uh, really crappy teams uh, uh, down the stretch here. Uh, if they can build some momentum, win a few games that, you know, get, go into the off season on a, on a, on a nice streak, that, that'll be a, a, a nice way to, to potentially get things going under that new coaching staff. That's it guys. I know this is probably a fairly depressing, uh, podcast, but it's, it was a, a depressing uh, loss yesterday. One of the worst in the John Fox era, uh, in an era that will soon. end. so probably, uh, probably a good thing for a lot of bears fans. So, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Be sure to follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL. Give me a follow at Bear Report. Uh, make sure to co- uh, download this podcast on iTunes and check out all our written work at BearReport.com as well as the Bear Report Facebook page. Have a great week, guys, and we'll talk on Thursday. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.